Seems like we talk to everybody about after the plant is grown, but never before the plant is grown. Stay tuned, and we're going to talk to somebody who actually sells the seeds and why he sells the seeds to growers everywhere. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. On the Good Dudes Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. All right, everybody, welcome back to Good Dudes Grow 2.0. I'm your host, Gary Roberts. And we usually, on the show, we usually interview doctors. We usually interview cannabis companies. We usually interview a whole bunch, a range of people. But who we don't introduce are the people in the back who actually provide the seeds to this wonderful, uh, I guess, medicine, plant thing that's changing lives. And so I have somebody today. I have Nick Showater from Seed Canary on the show today, and I'd like to talk about seeds for once. Nick, thank you for coming to the show. Yep, thanks for having me. Nick, give me a little background on how you started basically in the uh, cannabis industry, or a little background on yourself, and then how you started in the cannabis industry. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I used to use, you know, marijuana recreationally, you know, as, you know, in high school and, you know, everything else. Um, and then in 2019, I got diagnosed with a nerve condition um, that's like, you know, it gives me chronic pain and it's very painful. Um, it's in my face and in my mouth. Um, so eating could be tough too. Um, so I started using medical marijuana once it became legal because um, it became legal in the same year actually, which kind of worked out, I suppose. <laughs> um, but I've been using that to help with not only my pain, but also my appetite because when I'm in a lot of pain, I really have no appetite to eat, you know. Um, so I've been using it for that. And in 2020, is it 2021? No, 2020. Um, I started seeing Canary to kind of allow home growers to access seeds uh, a bit easier. You know, usually when you buy from the seed bank, uh, such as Seedsman or, you know, whatever else, um, it gets shipped over seed, seeds and, you know, it takes a long time. So with the seed marketplace, you know, growers in the United States and Canada and breeders from here as well could share their seeds with others. And it just provides like an easier like uh, market, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I started. Um, yeah. Let, let, let me ask you. So why seeds? This just off the cuff. Why did you start seeds and then start just growing it yourself since you thought it would work? Why the seed part? Well, because, well, I do grow medical marijuana as well. Okay. Um, And one of the things I kind of seen before I started seed canary is that when you buy seeds, usually it comes from, you know, bigger seed banks and most of the bigger ones are from like, you know, Europe and stuff. And, you know, I kind of get tired of waiting three weeks for my seeds. So I started um, contacting breeders myself. And I kind of had like a little friend group of breeders that were in the United States that I started buying seeds myself from. Well, one day I kind of had the idea, since I know all these breeders, how about we just kind of make a marketplace where they could sell to, you know, customers, people I know. And it kind of 
allows me to obtain you know genetics easier um and everybody else too so once i started seeing that it was working out and everybody was happy i kind of made it official and i got registered and you know legalized and became bigger that's amazing so so basically it's just not your seed you actually provide a platform for other companies who have seeds and stuff to actually sell their seeds as well exactly well that's pretty cool that's so how's it going so far is it uh, or, or let me ask you this is the seed market uh, as regulated as the basically growing market? Because I know if you grow, you know, it's pretty, pretty regulated. But how's the seed market like? Um, probably, I don't know. Probably just as tough, to be honest, because with how, I mean, at least for Illinois, how Illinois works, they consider seeds to be marijuana. And in order to sell seeds, even, you know, the whole, you know, selling them as souvenirs and everything, that doesn't really work in Illinois. You have to have a medical marijuana um, dispenser license in order to sell them. So that's why we don't sell them ourselves. We allow the breeders to sell them because, you know, most of them have those licensing. Um, so we don't really like that's a step we could skip, you know? Right, right. Um, so we don't really sell any of them. It's just the breeders that, you know, come on our platform to sell. We make a small percentage of that. And we use that to advertise and advertise the breeders to, you know, kind of build our platform a bit up. Oh, that's pretty cool. So basically, uh, you're, you're basically just the, the, how do I say it without sounding kind of like awesome. the broker, I suppose. Yeah. That's what a lot of people call me. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you just take any type of seeds or do you have a specific, you know, protocol that you want to maintain like a high standard of, I only take this type that actually show like the same standards and stuff like that. Yeah. So we, cause it's kind of a hard balance. We want to make it to where, you know, even smaller breeders come on our platform to sell them and stuff. But at the same time, we want like, you know, certain standards to be followed. So like we want breeders that will actually, you know, email back to customers when customers have a question so customer service is kind of a, you know, it's a need. <laughs> right. Um, we also want breeders that are selling legitimate products and aren't just selling, you know, bag seed or anything else, you know. Um, so we kind of do have some steps to validate um, to make sure what they're selling is, you know, legitimate. And also they're like, um, you know, they want to have success themselves. So like they sell themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah um, we don't want, you know, just shady people coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But we do know there's a lot of those in the industry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the cool thing about, about this, your platform is basically you, for most people who don't understand, cause a lot of people won't understand is that the seeds are basically the start of the plant. So when you come up with different variations, it starts in the seed itself. So you have all those different types of seeds. It's not just like, okay, it's a cannabis seed and put it in. And then once I grow it, then I can change it. In other words, you can actually grow a specific strand or specific type, correct? Right, right. What are, what are your most popular brands or, or, or strains? Say it one more time. Sorry, I kind of broke up. What are your most popular strains that most people look for? Um. So lately, it's, you know, a lot of people have been asking about, like, you know, the pure indicas. That's what everybody kind of wants these days. Um, I mean, people want sativas, don't get me wrong, but... It's starting to become to where there's so many hybrids that the pure sativas and the pure indicas are kind of rare to get. 
Um, so that's kind of a big thing that's been happening lately is people have been coming and asking me, hey, what kind of strains do you have that are pure indica? Um, so like the Hindu Kush, um, you know, the Afghan strains, that's kind of what I'm kind of recommending our customers to get. Um, because, you know, especially with people with pain, they want, you know, the heavy indicas. Um, so that's kind of what's been more uh, for lately. That's interesting. I, I, I didn't know that. So, so the market's being flooded with a whole bunch of hybrid ones in different areas. And now the main ones, the sativas and indicas are actually the, the harder ones to get where a, a couple of, let's say a couple of, a couple of years ago, it would be reverse, correct? Exactly. Right. I mean, there's no bad thing about hybrids. I mean, hybrids do have their spot, you know, yeah. but like, you know, as time comes by, it's kind of seeing less of the pure genetics because of all the hybrids. Um, similar with land race, you know, kind of strains. Although some land race strains, they, they do kind of suck. I mean, they have their purpose, but when you grow them, you, you can't really expect much from them. Unless, you know, you know, and, you know, grow 100 plants to have like two or three that are, you know, what are like the top producers. Right. Um, but, you know, the strains that I'm kind of talking about are like, you know, the Hindu, Hindu Kush and the good producers that are, you know, pure Indicos. Um, those are kind of what are wanted these days. Now, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are wondering because a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people listening don't don't know anything about the seeds or the growing part. They only know once it's grown and once it's in paper or in their pipe. But right. <laughs> but it is, do you do you only take strands from, from the United States or do you take them from all over the world? Do you take them, you know, is there a specific destination um, you like to, more than less or is it harder so to figure out? This is kind of the interesting part. So these strains, um, yeah, some of the strains that uh, we do sell, that our vendors do sell, um, they probably did originate from, you know, other parts of the world, such as, you know, United Kingdom and Africa and, you know, everywhere else. Uh, but somehow, you know, they always, it's kind of like a circle, I suppose. So seeds that are bred in the United States, there's, you know, buyers out in the United Kingdom that want to buy wholesale of those, then resell to people in the United States again. <laughs> um, so kind of, you know, it all circles around at one point, but um our sellers are um basically united states and canada we don't take any european based companies just right now one day we do kind of want to you know advance and have other countries join as well it's just we don't really have enough vendors to make that uh worth their while um or customers in the united kingdom to like make it worth it for the vendors um so right now we're just starting united states and canada but hopefully soon we can work you know in other countries too Great. I, I, brain fart is over. Uh, the, what I was looking to ask was, is there a specific seed for indoor or outdoor or are they basically the same? It's up to the grower. Um, I mean, you could grow any strain indoor or outdoor. However, say, say if you want to grow like a sativa, um, growing those outdoor is usually the best because of how you know big they get during flower. Um, once you flip them to flower, they could go, you know, up to three times or more, um, the size that they originally were. So say if you flower in your tent, when, you know, time comes and they do go through that boost, it might overgrow your tent. Um, so like the pure sativas or like stuff like that, you kind of want to grow them outdoor, but as far as like indica or indica dominant hybrid hybrids, um, I mean, you could grow those indoor outdoor. It doesn't really matter. 
Oh, that's pretty or cool. even just hybrids in general. It's a sativa, like really the sativa dominant is the ones that are like kind of iffy indoors. <laughs> it's interesting. Is there, is there a, a basic, is there like a, I know most products have an expiry date. Is there an expiry date that where the seeds are better before you, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's better, that's better, actually a really a great better, question. A better timing kind of like to get the seeds. Yeah, so that's actually a great question. Um, so interesting thought is, you know, when you buy these seeds from the seed bank, a question that some people have is how old are these seeds? How many hands have these seeds, you know, been through? Because when seed banks, you know, get these seeds, it's usually from a wholesaler and those wholesalers buy from a different wholesaler and so on, so on. Um, so you never really know how old your seeds are unless you grow them yourself. Um, seeds generally last between anywhere from six months to 20 plus years uh, is stored in good conditions. So if you put them in your freezer in a bag uh, that's sealed and, you know, maybe add some, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, those beads. See, it's, yeah. it's contagious now, the brain fart stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, but if you put them in your freezer and they can last years upon years upon years. Um, but if you have them like, you know, say, you know, sitting out on your desk or something that has like not in light proof uh, packaging, nothing like that, just have them on your desk, they might degrade and they could, you know, not germinate within six months. So it all kind of depends, but usually it lasts between like six months to I want to say five years. Well, they couldn't last longer than that. Interesting. And there's no difference. Like I said, let's say somebody who has it in perfect condition, puts it, stores it safely. It'll still be the same plant as if he would have got it fresh. Like we would have got it five years from now. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Huh. Yep. Same uh, phenotypes, same plant. It just might have hard germination if they are old. Um, but that's all. Huh. That's pretty interesting. So besides seeds, you you I, you obviously do your own, like you do some clones and stuff and you do that as well, correct? Yes, that's something we just started doing um, not so long ago. Uh, we started allowing vendors to sell clones as well um, because for our laws, like for Seeking itself, uh, we could like get away with that just because since we're not touching the product itself, um, it's perfectly legal on our end. So as long as the vendors are legal on their end, it's all good. Um, so that's something we started doing is I think we have three or four vendors now that are song clones, um, rooted and unrooted. Um, and it's been working out pretty well lately. That's actually something that's a lot of people have been buying the clones rather than seeds. I mean, we do get a lot of seed purchases, but lately it's been very hot for clones. I think it's because, you know, with um, spring and summer coming, um, clones are kind of easier to start outdoors because you have that little um extra boost exactly oh, so that's the answer for the next question i was gonna ask which one was easier to do <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to actually reach out buy some seeds buy some clones or look more about you where would they actually look at um they could shop on our website um we have a very super easy process for ordering clones and seeds um, kind of like if you were to buy something off Amazon, you just add it to your car because um, we have a seed section and clone section. That way it's very easy for, you know, customers to get what they want um, and not get confused thinking, you know, a clone is going to be seeds, but it turns out to be a clone. So we have it kind of um, categorized. 
Um, but you just add to your cart, put your address uh, and billing information, and pay. Uh, we do pay using a new service called Mesh. Um, so that is a kind of a, a tricky thing. Some of our customers kind of get turned off by Mesh because once you check out, you're redirected to Mesh itself because you have to make an account with them. And then you put your payment information and then it takes the payment from your bank and sends it to us. Um, they are the only kind of cannabis friendly, um, like, you know, payment services we can use right now because there are some other ones, but it's very hard in this industry to accept payments for. Um, but it is a totally safe service. Um, it just, if anonymity is an issue, that could be problematic, unfortunately. So the best thing would be actually, I would probably say open a mesh account first, then go shopping. This way you don't have to. Exactly. It'd be a lot easier. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a different, it's like a kind of like the PayPal of cannabis. Basically. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. And they would go to what? Seedcanary.com. Yep. If they wanted to follow you on your social media, where would they actually follow you guys? Um, for social media, they could follow us on Instagram with, uh, Seedcanary underscore official. That's our new account because our, Old one got uh, banned by Instagram, fortunately, uh, a couple months ago. So we had to start fresh. Yep. Um, our Facebook is Seekinary LLC. All right. Perfect. And let's say you're, you're not just basically looking for, for consumers. You're also looking for vendors. So if vendors wanted to actually find a place to actually put their seeds because they think it's the next best thing on the market, they could actually contact you as well, correct? Exactly. It's a simple process with that, too. Uh, vendors just have to go to our sign up page, which um, is pretty clear on the website, like where to go for that. Um, and then they sign up and basically they could get registered the same day and start selling the next. Um, so it is a pretty simple process. They just need their information, such as, um, you know, basic stuff like first name, last name, address, phone number, email. And then we now require a EIN because for tax filing purposes, since we do take the payments and then, um, you know, transfer those funds to the vendor itself after sale, we kind of have to, you know, log out taxes. So we do need an EIN for that now. Um, but other than that, it's pretty straightforward and we don't really ask too much. So we try to be kind of anonymous, but we also need to protect ourselves too. <laughs> right. 100%. So let me ask you this. That, this brought us another great question is that, you don't store all the seeds or, or, or do you store all the seeds and clones at your facility or is it just a platform to get the people to be able to sell the seeds to customers? Um, no, it's just the platform. Um, the vendors are required to like, you know, have the seeds themselves and also ship it. Um, the customer does pay the vendor for shipping. So they're not, you know, out of pocket or anything like that. Um, it just, since, with the laws in Illinois, we can't really be touching the product or really anything with that. Um, we got to get it in writing just to accept payments for it. <laughs> yes. yeah. It was a very complicated process with that just because of our laws here, unfortunately. But right. hopefully once it becomes federal, you know, it'll be easier for, you know, us companies to take payments and everything else because it's really just a pain. <laughs> yeah, and of course. But, you know, this government will make everything difficult. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, they won't do it overall. They'll do it state by state and make every state different. So it makes it even more difficult. 
Yep, and finding information is that much harder because it all you know varies in every state. So I don't know. It's just it's horrible with how regulated this area is. You know, it's amazing. Something that could do so much good is so overregulated, and something that could do so bad is actually so much under underregulated. It's ridiculous. Yep, I know. Like, I don't understand. I mean, like some of the medicines they prescribe is like ten times worse than cannabis itself. Like you're more like we'd have side effects from, you know, medicines and all that kind of stuff than cannabis, you know? Yep. I mean, it could really be useful in the medical industry. Um, even in, you know, small doses or just CBD itself, it really can be effective. Um, whether it's for chronic pain or, you know, for my case of appetite and pain, I want to say my, my top medicine for treating my pain and my appetite is cannabis. It really hands down is. That's amazing. That's amazing. Nick, I appreciate you for coming on the show, telling us about your, your, your platform and how you're helping get cannabis in the hands of other people and where people could actually find real cannabis so they can actually grow for themselves. So I appreciate it. Yep. No problem. Thanks for having me on here. You have yourself a great day, Nick. You too. Bye. Take care. Good dudes grow 2.0. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0.